you said you'd come. Lawrence, hope you're not too late. We know each other. He's a friend from work. Hey, hey, welcome everybody to episode number 48 of the Wulong Talks podcast. My name is Jason, I'm the host of the show, as you know. Uh, we hope you're doing well this fine evening, if you're listening to us in the evening, of course, because <laughs> you may not be. Um, as usual, I'm joined by my buddies in arms and my cohorts up north, the Mank Geek, Big A. Big A, say what's up? What is up? What's going on? Wicked, and down south with me, we've got the wrestling kid, aka Rich in the house as well rich say what's up man yeah what's happening people cool cool yeah man how are you guys doing how you been been up to anything good this week anything geeky anything interesting um Maybe. i started this dear white people season two that's good in fact oh, you know what yeah, yeah, yeah is that good is that good that i fucking forgot how good it was mm. and I, yeah. I watched like the first episode and it you know what have you ever watched a show like when you watch it and you're just like shit man i missed you <laughs> like i got emotional watching the first episode that i rewatched the first episode that's how bad it was <laughs> and I, so that yeah like and so i've started watching that if that's geeky enough mm -hmm. yeah of course it is it's a netflix yeah show. yeah 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 had, had to catch up on some comic books that i've been sitting there just you know just collecting some dust and whatnot so i'm happy for that I've got to go do another pickup this week at some point um and yeah i i think i think that's it yeah Cool, cool. Alf, how about you, man? What have you been up to? Yeah, watch Batman Ninja. Fucking hated it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. Like, like, multiple things, man. Like, the, the, the kind of 3D animation that they chose to do, the style of it, it, it just looked lazy. And, like, I like the character designs, but the story was just... Uh, it didn't know what the fuck it wanted to do. And so, yeah, I was just watching it, and I just started frowning at one point. And uh, and yeah, I just, I just did not like it. I hope the death of Superman is good, but I mean, I already know that story anyway, so mm -hmm. that's the next one that they're bringing out in it. But I don't know, we'll see. Obviously, a bit of gaming here and there and whatnot, and uh, just general internet bullshit. Mm. Cool, fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, I finished off Atlanta this week. Um, watch the last episode. Oh crap! Has the last episode come on already? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah I need to do that. Sorry. Sorry. Go on. Yeah, no, it's re it was really good, man. It was a really, really good episode and a very fitting end. Um, I don't know if that's the end of the show altogether. Um, it better not be. I hope not. I, I hope it's not. But, you know, it looks like Donald Glover's star is about to take off. So I don't know if he's going to have time to be doing um, Atlanta as well as, as, as other things. But I suspect Atlanta is quite close to his heart. So, you know, he mm. may well want to continue with that in one way or another. So... Yeah, I guess we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I really, really enjoyed that, man. Um, and then aside from that, I, what else did I do? I, Oh, yeah, I was trying to dodge trailers for um, Call of Duty Black Ops 4. Because like, I, I just, <laughs> I, I absolutely do not want to buy the game. 
So mm. I was just like, I don't want to see anything of it. And then I was on, I think it was on my Facebook. And, um, you know, sometimes like videos just kind of adverts just pop up on your Facebook as you're scrolling down. So yeah. I was scrolling down and then lo and behold, the advert fucking popped up for it like immediately. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. So I thought, all right, well, I might as well watch it. And I was like, this is literally the same shit. <laughs> like, I know I keep having this rant in every episode. And listeners, I'm sorry. I know you must be bored of me going on about Call of Duty. And if you're a Call of Duty fan, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to offend you. But it just it's the same shit every single time. Like, I don't get it. I don't get how they keep making three, four, five million dollars in sales on this game when they reskin it and then stick it out again. And everybody goes and loses their shit for it. I, I don't understand. Like, who keeps buying this game? But anyway, yeah, there's another one of those coming out. And I think it'll be out in November or, or something like that, apparently. Um, I mean, the Black Ops kind of subtitle stuff was at least a little bit more interesting than than the main Call of Duty stuff. But again, it just, yeah, I don't know. I think they've they've changed something with multiplayer on this one or, or something like that. But otherwise, yeah, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> um, I saw a video for Becoming Human as well, which looks more and more interesting to me the more i see it so i think that might be a game i, I get actually um, is, is that the one set in the future where it's about the uprising of the like the yeah robots it's with like androids who work yeah people and things like that and then it mm. kind of yeah the, the storyline seems to be an uprising amongst the, the androids. yeah um yeah i'm kind of looking forward to it actually so i think i might i might check that out um i downloaded yeah. the demo and i just haven't even cracked it open oh the demo's out thank you very much yeah, i'm gonna yeah. I'm, I'm downloading that shit tonight <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah what? it's been out for a little while yeah it's been a few weeks. Oh, okay yeah. yeah it's been out for a little while man so oh yeah shit the, 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 world, the world's got married as well in it don't forget that man oh uh, yay like I've, I've right Did you watch it? i don't watch it man I'll no, go, I'll I, I, I don't care. I'm, I'm not a royalist. I don't. Care. Listen, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a royalist, but, but at least we can now say that there's at least one eighth of Wakanda inside the royal family. So let's just, <laughs> let, let's just roll with that edit. Or should we say that the royal family is inside Wakanda? I don't know if, we're, if I'm being facetious there. <laughs> you take what you can get in it. All right, man. Well, yeah, let's get started because there's a lot of stuff that we've got to get through, listeners. Um, you know, there's been quite a few trailers released and unfortunately we weren't able to react to all of these at, at once. Um, so we'll give you our, our, our thoughts on them now as, as we get uh, through the podcast episode. But before we do that, um, we just wanted to take a quick moment as well to remember the actress Margot Kidder, who sadly passed away uh, last week, Sunday. Um, from what I understand, she passed away quite peacefully um, with her family around her. Um, for those of you that, that don't know, Margot Kidder is the actress who's probably best known for playing Lois Lane in the original Superman uh, movies. Um, she was somebody who kind of really embodied that character in a way that I don't personally think anybody else has done since on screen, um, you know, with exception of maybe the the actress who, who voiced her on, on the Superman animated show. But even then, I don't think it really comes close. I think Margot Kidder was kind of the definitive Lois Lane, really. Um, and if you've never seen her play Lois Lane, then, then go to YouTube and, and have a look at, at some of the clips um, from that movie and from her portrayal. Um, it really was something that, that captured the imagination of, of everybody who saw those movies back then. Um, Rich, I know you're a big Superman fan, and uh, particularly of the, the original Donna movies, and 
um, you know, they're absolute classic movies, as as we all agree. Um, mm. Could you just say a little bit about kind of Margot Kidder's portrayal as Lois Lane and, and why it's kind of so important, I guess, even today? You know what? I, I think it is just... The thing about, her, about Margot Kidder's portrayal of, of Lois Lane is that it's never been topped. So you've got like, I mean, you've got like a generation of people that will say that, you know, the one who played the, this is how bad it is. I can't remember everyone that's played Lois Lane since Margot Kidder. I'm a big fucking Superman fan. I think Terry Hatcher did a pretty decent job. And like you said, you've got like the animated series, but they were all imitations for what Margot Kidder brought in the 70s and the 80s. It's the same reason why, to a certain degree, like why the Joker in the animated series worked so well. Is because he is kind of based off that whole, you know, um, the, the Jack Nicholson type of thing. Although Mark Hamill has put like a really, really good spin in it, and and just and just made it his own, which which is also good. But Margot Kidder, she just, as much as she might have been the da the damsel in distress that that Lois Lane is known to be, she also brought like a very, very strong, independent female attitude to the character of Lois Lane, and and I think. When, when I watched the first Superman, th there's particular scenes that just cement why some of these characters can have never be can never be portrayed by somebody else and, and topped. And um, I think there's, you know, and throughout the first Superman or even the first, the first two Superman films is not just one scene that just says, OK, no one can take this role. They own it from the beginning, from the first time we see them until when the when the end credits roll. And I think one of the best one of the best scenes for me for um for Margot Kidder portraying Lois Lane. It's her just being in the office when Clark Kent comes into, you know, he's introducing himself as, you know, he's got the, the new role that Perry White has put out and Margot Kidder's there and she's, you know, I think she's having a smoke because you're allowed to smoke in buildings back then. And, and she's just being, she, she's just not your normal, you know, in quotation marks, just like your normal typical female who's weak and is like, hey boss, whatever. She's, she knows how to hold her own, especially the job that she has, which is very much a a man's world. And I think that's one of the things that people always seem to forget is like, you know, there's there's a certain privilege that, that men have to a certain, well, not men have to, to a certain degree, that, that men have in, in very, very particular places. So to even put her in the job role that she has and portray her in that way, she generally stood head and shoulders with the characters in the Daily Planet, if not above. And uh, But there's another scene where um, where her and Clark are walking um, somewhere, and I think they get they get they get mugged or something like that. And Lois Lane basically, instead of like just bowing down and just and saying, "Okay, listen, take my wallet and take my purse and shit," she does something to try and what's it called to try and distract um, the mugger to you know to get to get him out of the way so they can run away. But then obviously the mugger's a bit too fast and he pulls the trigger, and then Clark catches catches the bullets. But it's that type of thing where it's just like she she was just a fucking strong woman and she didn't have to show any skin or get dressed up in a bikini to do any of that and but she was she was just still like just so fucking beautiful and just strong at the same time and, and i don't think we don't get enough of that but we, we generally don't like she didn't have to she didn't have to throw fisty cuffs to show how tough she was she was just she was just tough in the way how she portrayed herself and she just held herself and, and i and i genuinely do believe that no one's going to be able to touch that like no one's done anything that that can that can equal what she what, how she portrayed the character of Lois Lane on screen. Mm, mm, yeah, absolutely, man. I agree. Uh, Alvin, you got anything to add to that? 
Yeah, just um, well, not not really to add, but just to kind of echo what he said. Like, mm. definitely about the the her being like a strong female character, or why I prefer to call it is just a well-rounded character, and the fact that they're female doesn't really matter. Um, and she was just like, she's kind of like a bull in a china shop, but in a nice way. She just got shit done, especially when it mm. came to her work and all that. And I think Margot Kidder did a a good kind of portrayal of of kind of Lois, kind of just like I guess at the time. Well, it was less of a man's world, but let's just call it a man's world anyway, um, of being able to kind of get ahead and be respected in her field and all that. And I think that that's actually something to kind of like a lot of people can aspire to, just to kind of like go out there and get your shit done and like be the best. And, you know, she's just a hardworking individual. You can't you can't not look at that and, you know, dig what Lois Lane is all about. And so for Margot Kidder to bring that too and you know just to bring that independence and strongness to her and be a well-rounded character as well for that's phenomenal and regardless to whether people like remember uh margot kidder from the superman movies or anything else or any of the kind of issues that she had later on in life it doesn't matter what you remember her from as long as you remember what she has done and what she's been in and like you have respect for it then you know it's all good in it mm. For true, man. So, yeah, I said, listeners, um, if you don't know anything about her, um, I mean, there's plenty of information about her and her life and, and the kind of things that she did and she experienced. And, you know, one of the things she that comes through about her and, and her life is that she always believed in living her life to the fullest. Um, and she certainly did that, you know, from the, the, from the moment she kind of started her career right up until the, the day she passed. Um, you know, she never kind of let any barriers um, stop her from from doing what she wanted to do. Um, she was also quite a, a political activist in, in her later years as well. Um, I remember her getting quite angry about um, the war in Iraq at certain points and uh, kind of campaigning against that. Um, but she also carried on acting as well. She appeared in um, Rob Zombie's uh, Halloween remake um, in Halloween 2. She had an appearance in that. Um, she mm. did appear in Smallville as well. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so she, she she did carry on, you know, her career up to a certain point. But, um, yeah, absolutely, listeners, as I said, um, make sure you go out and, and check out some of Margot Kidder's work because um, she really was one of a kind in terms of the, the, the type of actress she was and the performance that she gave. And as and as the guys have said, you know, her Lois Lane is pretty much the, the the definitive one. It's the standard that that anybody else who embodies that role will be will be judged against. So yeah, rest in peace, dear Margot Kidder. All right. Let's mm-hmm. move on, man, and get into some fun stuff now. So, um, as we said, there's been loads and loads of trailers that have come out recently. So we're going to rattle through our reactions to some of these as quickly as possible. Um, What I'm also going to do is I'm going to put up a list of the trailers that we looked at as well. So for those of you who want to watch what we've watched um, and get a sense of what we're talking about, you'll be able to do that um, once once the podcast is live. So that will all be out there for you. So we'll start at the top, boys. Um, We had, of course, the first... Uh, I believe it's the first teaser trailer rather than the first official trailer um, for the long-awaited Predator um, or The Predator as is, is, is being called. Um, now, I don't know about you guys, but I saw that trailer and I was like, oh my lord, this looks terrible. <laughs> like, I really felt it looked bad. Like, I, I didn't... 
here's the thing, right? There's a couple of things about this Predator reboot that are bothering me. One is that I get the feeling that what they're going to do is change the the whole lore of, of the Outja, um, which, you know, for those of you who are listening who are Predator fans, you'll know that in the, the comic books by, um, you know, that were published by Dark Horse and in some of the novels and even in some of the video games, they've really expanded upon um, the, the mythology behind the Outja, the, the Predator, um, and, you know, how they function as individuals and as a group and how they come from a specific planet with a specific meritocracy and order and you know and these are all kind of things that people really found um fascinating and were things that we wanted to kind of see on on screen and it seems already in this trailer as if they've kind of done a 180 and have tried to skate over all of that and almost do a soft reboot um there's this whole idea that they seem to be coming to planets to um to boost their own dna to 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 kind of you know change their their dna to change their genetic structure to make improvements to themselves um and that apparently is the reason why they like to remove spines of 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 beings and things that they capture um and that just kind of ruins the whole fucking mystique for me right there like that that really did piss me off another thing that pissed me off about the trailer is that the kid apparently um is autistic um and that in itself was was quite interesting i thought and i thought oh that's interesting i wonder why they've they've kind of chosen to to use an autistic kid and then it was like oh it's because the autistic kid can understand the language of the predators and i was like but that's kind of cheapening autism a little bit I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm I'm reading that wrong and I'll be interested to know what you guys think, but it seemed to me like it was cheaper in the condition because it's like, you know, not everybody who has autism is is somebody who can, you know, is a fucking Matt Murdock daredevil who can see sound and, and, and all of this. It's just, you know, that's not what autism is. And it just seems like the intention of, of this kid being autistic is just to be a plot device to, to drive the, their plot forward. And I was like, hmm, I'm, I'm not sure what Shane Black is doing here. Like, you know, I usually have a lot of faith in him, but the things I'm hearing about it, it just it doesn't add up. And I mean, the whole, as you guys probably know, the whole third act had to be reshot, um, apparently, because they um, it didn't test well at all with test audiences. So they had to go back and, and completely reshoot the, the end of, well, not even the end of the movie, the third act of the movie. So... Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm I'm just not jazzed about this one at all. But um, yeah, so I'm interested to know what you guys think. So, um, Alvin, you can go first, man. Um, what did you make of the Predator? Uh, like when I when I saw it, uh, like I just wanted more. You know what I mean? But like, uh, and what I mean by that is, wh- I wasn't really impressed with what I saw. You know what I mean? I wanted it mm. to be better. Yeah. Um, it, it just lost, left a lot to kind of be kind of I just I just wanted him to give me something better. That that's like literally all I wanted. I just saw it and I was like, eh. that was my general reaction to it was that sound. And uh and yeah, it just it just didn't it just didn't do it for me in any way, shape or form. Like when you said about the um about them like upgrading and all that kind of business and they come to the planet to upgrade and all this kind of shit. I thought, oh, well, perhaps it's just a different sect of uh, the Predator um, that do that. Not all of them do the same thing. Like, some are just straight-up hunters, maybe, mm. perhaps, and maybe this is a different group of Predators that do this, and there's a next group of Predators that do that, and X, Y, Z, and so on and so forth. 
Um, so I'm not too I'm not too asked about that at the moment if they explain it that way in the movie. Um, but the, yeah, the the autism thing I didn't I didn't hear of until now. Mm. And yeah, it just it just it just it does seem a bit lazy. And mm-hmm. I know that there's people with autism who can do extraordinary things. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But it but it's like, why do we need the the Rain Man equivalent in in Predator? Like, what? Mm. Why why do that? Unless you're going to say something interesting about it. Mm. But it it does seem like a cheap plot device to me, to be honest. Because mm. really, it would be some kind of linguistic specialist who'd be able to suss that stuff out. But I guess to make it easier, just have a magic child. Mm. Magic, ma- not well, a magic child in the script, but autistic people aren't magic. Mm. Yeah, it just was, was stupid. I mean, as, as you said, if there was kind of a way in which they were going to explain or they were going to address autism in the movie, that would be great. I would be up for that, you know, if, if there was going to be that tip. But I'm, I'm really getting the vibe that that's not going to be the case, that it's just literally mm. going to be, oh, yeah, because he's got autism, he can understand the predator language. And it's just mm. it, it's just lazy, as you said. But, um, Rich, how about you, man? I mean, wh- what did you make of the, the trailer and what it seems like they're trying to do? Um, to be fair, once again, you know how I feel about the predator films? Uh, because I feel the same way about them how I feel about the alien films. Why? Mm. That's it. It's lit, it's lit to me. It just boils down to why, and it just boils down to. I mean, everything that you guys have just obviously just said about some of the most annoying things that you've read about it. It boils down to again. It's like just why, and it's, and to me, it just seems like just to make money. Like you know, they they think they thought of something different or something special. And it's like, well, you haven't really fucking thought it through. You just said, okay, cool, this will just fly because there is a certain base audience that, you know, that might want to see this. And we need a bit of money and we need a franchise and maybe we can use this to kickstart it off. So how are we going to kickstart this franchise? Well, let's bring in the person who wrote the first one. And that's, and that's what it seems like to me. I wasn't impressed by the trailer. I mean, I'm interested to see what they're going to do. But like you said, once again, like they've, They've done this whole thing of like, you know, they, they boost their DNA to do, you know, what to become what better predators when they go hunting. That's interesting. But why? Mm. You, you know, like to me, it, to me, it, it's always just going to keep on coming down to why, because, you know, th- there's been a, a, a whole franchise of these things and these these things have never been mentioned before. Fair enough. They've all been written by different people. But then when you go to like some of the non-canon stuff that, that was written in books and written in comic books, which is a, which were a lot better than film, that hasn't been mentioned as well. Mm. I liked like the original thing that we got from the Predator in the first one, which which the good stories were kind of based off, is that these they just go from planet to planet and they just hunt. Mm. That's what they do. What do you do? Hey, Mr. Predator, what, what did you do on Thursday? Oh, I went hunting. Oh, what? Did you go down to the docks to do some fishing? No, I went down to fucking Earth and I took a couple of skulls with a couple of spines. Here, I'll take you to my little room. You can have a look at the trophies. That's it. That's fucking nice and simple. Who did you fight against? A big fucking Austrian who picks up cars. What's his name? Arnold. That's it. Like, I like that. Don't fucking try and make it more smart than it is. Otherwise, you're going to end up with freaking Alien Covenant. And the other one, what's the other one? Prometheus. Uh, Prometheus, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you you you're just going down that territory of, of doing that. So just leave the franchise alone. I, like there's there's nothing wrong with the first one, and I don't think you can do better than the first one. Mm. So already, already they're digging themselves into a hole. 
because mm. I, I, I can I can only assume that they're not even they're not even that fussed about the fans of the film. They're looking for a new audience to yeah. what's it called, you know, you know, you know, to draw in. And then once again, it go then it goes back to the whole thing of bringing somebody who has all who you know who has autism. Because when I look at the cast of the people in the film, there's I think there's there's a female, there's a black guy, there's you know, if there's there's every single box ticked. Mm. Which is actually which is actually cool, fair enough. But then that's appealing to a generation, you know, in my opinion, that I think sometimes is it's a bit too oversensitive to certain things. Like, you know, like when I when I watched the first Predator, fair enough, it's a very, very testosterone and you know, and bit you know, big dick swinging type of competition type of film. But it ju it just is what it is. It's not like they went out of the way to say like we're not going to portray this person, we're not going to portray that person. It's just about people in a fucking army who go to fight against this thing. Mm. And in essence, that each of those characters could have been portrayed by somebody different. It didn't. It didn't really matter. They were all fucking canon for that at the end of the day, apart from Arnold Schwarzenegger. So this film, I, I, I'm not sure. I, like like I'm a big Shane Black fan, but I'm just not sure if he can claw. If he if he can if he can drag a rabbit out of a hat for this one, uh, I don't know, I don't know, but I, I'm I'm not too fussed about it to be fair. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, Predator One I think was very much kind of a, a product of its time, which I guess is why they, it kind of has the cast that it does, and 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 the plot kind of goes a certain hmm. way. Um, but I enjoyed. I mean, Predator One to me is a classic. Predator it's Two perfect. I really like as well. Hmm. Um, I mean, I think when Predator 2 initially came out, people were a bit like kind of eh, didn't really like it. But over time, um, people have actually kind of got an appreciation for what they were trying to do with Predator 2. And it is quite interesting. It, it, they, they do try to take it in a slightly different direction and not just repeat Predator 1. Um, I think the cast for this one, I mean, looking down the cast on, on paper, they're all very good. I mean, it's like it's boyd um holbrook who's who's the lead actor in it and he is um he was in narcos season one and two um he was the uh a lead detective in in that and he was pretty good um trevante rhodes from um moonlight is in it he was good mm. i mean uh keegan michael key is in it uh you know yeah. olivia munn's in it like it, it's a good cast but like you said you kind of just <sighs> you wonder about the movie itself and and you're a bit like yeah i don't really get where they're going with this but what well, what well, sorry so so well, well, yeah. I, 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 i'll use this as an example like predator 2 is a guilty pleasure right adam predator 1 is, is a good film but as as much as like the mysticism and yeah and the thing that we love about the predator in the first one the thing that holds that film together is schwarzenegger Mm. To me, like for the first one, it's Sch Schwarzenegger holds that film. Mm. I don't see anybody in this direct sequel because remember this is a direct sequel to the first one, uh, which, mm. which is which is quite interesting. Um, and I mean, don't get me like I said, all of those guys on paper by themselves are actually, are actually okay, but I don't think they have like the clout to be able to hold the film like that. If it, it feels like it just feels like they're going to be too much cannon fodder for people that have a name. And, and so and so and, and so that's what that's what my main issue is because the predator itself the reason why the predator works and the reason why it is, is always worked the same thing like the alien is that the less you know about it the better it works because you're then in the same boat as the people that you're going against and i and i, and I can't see this car i can't see this cast like holding it for me to basically see them go against this this, this, this the, the predator 
Yeah, yeah, that, that's one of it. Now that you just, now you just, you now you just mentioned the cast to it. It just made, it just made me realize the reason why the first one is so iconic and the reason why it does work. Um, like you know, they're, they're very, 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 very two dimensional. But then that's cool. Like they're there for a particular fucking purpose. Now you've got names attached to it who are like, like you said, they're good. But good for what? I don't want you to be good. I just want you to be this specific thing going against this specific thing, and you tell a story which has three, like three arcs. A beginning, a middle, and an end, and then we go home. I think Shane Black has Shane Black has got too. I think he's he's got too much love for this franchise for him to be able to go back to it. Mm. That's that's my opinion. Cool, fair enough, fair enough. Well, let's move on, man, because we spent a bit of time on Predator anyway, and I don't think it deserves that much time <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> so, yeah, let's move on to Mission Impossible Fallout. Um, now, Mission Impossible is a franchise. I'm I'm kind of losing interest in but that said the official trailer came out a couple of days ago and you know what i'm actually quite interested in this one um i feel like this one is 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 different enough to the others that have come before in a sense that um there's lots of new faces in this one um i like the kind of element of uh you know the to Ethan Hunt and his team having to deal not only with a villain but with their own government as well. Um, that seems like quite clever as, uh, in terms of how they've done it. Uh, and the cast, the extra casting in this is is good. I mean, like they've got Henry Cavill in there who, who's looking fantastic. They've got um, Angela Bassett in there as well. Like, who doesn't want to see Angela Bassett play a hard ass boss? Like, you know, nobody. So I'm down with that. Um, I like the kind of visuals they, they've gone with. I like the fact that it's um, that they've gone for a contrast of visuals. There's cityscapes, and then there's there's kind of more open areas that are used as well for the stunts. Um, and yeah, in general, I, I, I've got a good feeling about this one. I think this one might actually be good. And, uh, as said, I wasn't a, a massive um, fan of the last Mission Impossible, but but this one, I'm I'm, I'm really looking forward to, man. Um, Rich, you're the the resident. Uh, Tom Cruise guru here, so I'll let you go first. Uh, how are you feeling about Fallout? Are you excited for it or take my money? <laughs> take my money. Listen, listen. Mission Impossible is the is the same thing. Is is in the same league as Fast and Furious. Like you, you know what you're gonna get. You're gonna get some story where like you know he's gonna have to call maybe his friends out of retirement, and they're gonna do some craziness, and they're gonna go on a run or gonna chase somebody. And it's, once again, it's very, very simple. It's going to get split up into three arcs. And in each of those arcs, Tom Cruise is going to do something crazy, like wrestle a shark while he's like, you know, while he's got a lion on his back. <laughs> like, 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 you know, something like, so to me, you know what you're getting. And, and, it, and I never, ever feel disappointed in any of the Mission Impossible films. I know you said you weren't a fan of, I think, was it the last one or one before uh, that? It was, it was the very last one, yeah. The very last the very, one. Very, the very, very last one. Like, I, 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 th I think... You, you get what you're given and um and i i still think that tom cruise in, in this respect especially to this franchise is probably one of the hardest working men if not the hardest working action star in hollywood and i know i know people may disagree with that because some people can't disassociate the actor and the films that they're doing with the actual person but but i i, I would basically say no, like he, he he's fucking he's fucking a top dollar in with this mission first impossible franchise um yeah i'm i'm happy to see a couple of faces come back from 
a couple of the other films, which is interesting because that's not something that they usually do. They usually have a standalone mission, and the next and the next um, next mission is you know completely different with a new villain and new guest stars, so to speak. But this one seems to be continuing from the last one, which I which which they have in number four. So I'm going to see where they're going to go with that. I'm 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 a bit upset that Jeremy Red is not going to be in this because they were building up building him up to be quite a good character for this. Mm. But um. Like you said before, man, Henry Cavill in this. I, th- I think Henry Cavill, with the right person behind him, he's able, he, he's, I wouldn't say he's like an amazing actor. He's no De Niro or fucking DiCaprio or, or Hardy. But when he does well, I genuinely do feel that he does a lot more than people give him credit to. And I know that's me being a fan of his when he, do- when he does good acting. I've seen him in some shit. Like, you know, we're not going to mention the DC movies. <laughs> but um, but, um, but I, I think he's just going to be doing another version of Napoleon Solo from Man From Uncle, which is a film that I, that I love as well. And it just gives him that, that, you know, the chance to just flex his acting chops and his, and his muscle chops as well. Um, I'm really excited. He, in fact, if from this trailer alone, he's the most, he's the most thing that he's the thing that I'm most excited to see. I'm most excited to see Henry Cavill in this. Cause Tom, Tom Cruise, we know what he's, we know what he's capable of doing. We've already seen him do some running in a trailer. So I'm ready. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm ready to, I'm ready to whack off to that. Like a Tom, a Tom Cruise film with no running makes a Tom Cruise film with no running is a, is like a film of porn with no sex. Like, you know, it makes no sense. So I'll take my money for this. Take it. Cool. Cool. Um, Alvin, uh, how about you, man? How are you feeling about Mission Impossible right now? Well, someone remind me, what was the last film that the, the last Mission Impossible called? Was it Rogue Nation? Or was the one Rogue Nation, that? I think. Rogue was, Nation. Yeah. Yeah. I think Rogue Nation was the last What was one. the one before that that Brad Bird did? Uh, Ghost Protocol. Yeah, I watched that one. Yeah. That's the one where he's climbing that fucking building in Dubai, innit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, yeah. I, like, I didn't watch Rogue Nation. Um, Mission Impossible was weird. I got a weird relationship with it because I remember watching the first one when I was like younger and just being like, what the fuck is going on? And then I remember watching the John Woo one going, this is totally different from what they fucking set up in the last one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, I, and then I just watched some of the others. The further you go on, the more consistent they are. You know what I mean? So yeah, I get yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. into the swing of it. But th- uh, this has been around almost for like, well, it has been around 20 years now, hasn't it? And it's always been Tom yeah, Cruise. Yeah, 96. Like, yeah, 96. Again. Yeah. yeah, so it's tw- 22 years then. Yes. Um, and I respect, like, as to what they've done and all that, but it's just not my jam. I mm. do like this trailer though. This is like I've seen the other trailer that they that they had out. Um, this one's more focused on actual Mission Impossible itself. I felt like the previous trailer kind of was almost trying to sell it to normies, so they had to put in some like jazzy kind of pop music or whatever in there just to like get people like into it or whatever. Whereas this, I felt like it was focusing on the story at hand and mm. the really just explained that these two main things going on. And yeah, I like the whole kind of on the run thing and all that. And Tom Cruise, he is a fucking movie star. You know what I mean? So yeah, like a good trailer. I think it looks decent enough. There's, good, there's a lot of peril in there. Him almost getting crushed by things and all that kind of shit. So uh, if you're a big Tom Cruise fan, which I'm not, but if you're a big Tom Cruise fan, you're going to want to see it. And I do actually quite like the look of this. And I'm interested to see as to what Henry Cavill can do uh, mm. in this movie. Especially like the bit where, um, where they're in the toilet and he kind of does that, that air punch thing. I thought that was really fucking cool. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, it should be an all right time. But yeah, I like the look of it. Yeah, cool. I mean, I'm in with it as well, man. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm, I'm enjoying it. Uh, as I said, I'm not necessarily uh, all aboard the Mission Impossible train, but 
this trailer has definitely piqued my interest. So, yeah, I think I will be checking it out. So, listeners, if you want to um, check out that trailer as well, make sure you go and have a look for it on YouTube. Um, it does look pretty good, and, and let us know what you think. All right, let's move on. Um, so the next trailer that we looked at was uh, for the biopic about Freddie Mercury called Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, now, for those that don't know, Freddie Mercury was the lead singer of, of the rock band Queen. And if you don't know who Queen are, then I, I don't know what to say to you or how to help you. Uh, they're only like one of the biggest bands to, to ever live. Um, what do you guys think of the trailer? Uh, I thought the trailer was kind of interesting. Um, I did like Rami Malek's performance as, as Freddie Mercury from what we saw, although there wasn't that much. Um, but he seemed to kind of capture the mannerisms and, and the movement of, of Freddie Mercury. But, I mean, how do you guys feel about biopics in general? I've never really, like, asked you to this question. Um, I don't know if you're, you're fans of them or not, because for me, I generally love a good biopic, especially if it's done well. Um, but, you know, they're not everybody's cup of tea. So... Um, I'll start with you, Alv. I mean, are you a big fan of Queen? Would would this trailer make you want to go and see a, a movie about Freddie Mercury? Uh, well, no, I'm familiar with Queen. I'm not a fan. I don't really own any of the music apart from the theme tune to Flash Gordon. Um, but, you know, it, biopics, I tend to watch them on TV. I, hmm. don't, I don't think I've ever been to the cinema to go, I need to see a biopic on X. Um, but yeah, this is the film that Brian Singer was directing and then get, got kicked off mm. uh, for kind of erratic behavior. Mm. Um, I wasn't expecting much from it, but I liked what they did with the trailer, like taking all the Queen music and like kind of mixing the tunes together and that to the beat and all that kind of business. And it, it made it seem more interesting to me. It made me go, you know what, I might actually want to see it because it did look half decent. Um, it was stylized to a certain degree as well, um, and obviously we're gonna we're gonna get like are we gonna get the whole story? So like early Queen all the way up until like the death. Mm. Mm. So I think yeah, it, lo it looks all right so far, and also those one or two comedic bits in there that I thought were pretty funny, and um, it was it was kind of refreshing because I, I I think most trailers do the same old boring stuff, whereas this kind of it it looked like it would be because sometimes the problem with biopics is that they'll either tell a specific story of a portion of someone's life, but they won't mm. try and get the whole life in there as one story. I'm wondering as to whether they're, they're going to try and have a, a story that crosses the whole thing from beginning to end. You mm. know, I mean, that's what I'm wondering, and that's that's the impression that they're giving me because it doesn't look like a bits of kind of story, a story that doesn't really know what to do, so it kind of tells several. It doesn't, it doesn't look like that. It looks like it's beginning, middle, of end, but over how many decades. So, but yeah, I think mm. it was pretty good. Cool, cool, sweet. Um, and Rich, how about you, man? Are you looking forward to this as well? Oh, yeah, I, 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 I can't wait to see this. I, I saw the trailer and I was fucking guessed. I'd like, I mean, it's one of those things where like like i've been like i've been said like you, you're not a fan of queen but you you know of them and you might like a couple of the songs that you love the flash gordon song like you you see the trailer for this film and you don't need to have a fucking score done by you know john williams or hans zimmer or anybody they you just get queen's music and just do a fucking mashup <laughs> and that in it and that in itself is fucking amazing it's just like god damn like you were that good like you were so good that we know what we're just going to use your own music <laughs> you know to promote your own film that's how fucking good it is um I w i'm excited to see it um 
my my issues with biopics is um is sometimes how it might not tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth if you get what i mean and like mm. you know like sometimes i mean i mean it is 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 unavoidable unfortunately and and and, and it makes sense the reason why but sometimes you don't want to portray people in, in you know in, in a particular way because you know people are held in, in such high regard and you know and there's a certain um way in which people view them um i'm interested in this i i i'm i'd like to see how they're going to portray queen and where they where they stand in music so to speak so for example i never saw them the tupac film but or the biggie film but i know they were trying to set up their own little rap movie verse so to speak and so there were clips in really? i think the tupac yeah they were trying to set up the there's a clip in the tupac film where i think you see him at death row records and he's with snoop you know and i think it might be like maybe mm -hmm. one or two other you know for his day at death row and stuff like that so i'd like to see if they do that with with queen you know because i because i think they've there's a bit where they do like the famous um concert i can't remember what year it took place but there's a there's a fairly famous concert where um i think done in wembley stadium and it's just literally just queen and the whole crowd is singing that's Not probably yeah, yeah no it was no it was it, no, it, was it, it live aid no live aid one. it was before that it was yes. um yeah oh, it was, it was a specific one oh, where they sold out wembley stadium just then yeah um, which was why it was kind of so historic because, because yeah you know he was this band who'd sold out wembley stadium all by themselves with no mm. support act or anything else you know um, um yeah. yeah so but yeah but that, that's that's like a famous concert I, I know it goes to there but i'm I'm not sure if it's going to go past there but obviously they, they're a band that's held in such high regard so i want to know if there's going to be any you know if they're going to show them interacting with other people from that period so you know you've got like a you've got your bob geldoffs you know you've got your michael jacksons i mean i've read interviews of like apparently and i've seen an interview with freddie mercury saying how him and michael were actually in the studio and had did actually cut some work together but when it's going to see the light of day whether that's going to be released i doubt that's going to happen because obviously you're going to have to do things of certain estates but some people or some act or some musicians they're not like that they're like yeah but listen just tell the fucking story this is what happened me and him were in the studio one day we made a song and never got released you can throw that in there so i, I just want to i just hope that they they portray the full story of freddie mercury and queen which is i hope is it going to include the whole thing of him being homosexual and suffering from aids because at that period when he was suffering from hiv or, f or from that period it was it was still something that was quite unspoken about the same thing for like george michael when george michael came out being gay years later and he was like i thought everybody knew but it was a thing where at that period it was something that was they had to kind of hold down because of like you know the status that they held so i hope there's there's not just going to be about the ban i hope i really hope to see some meat and potatoes behind the character of Freddie Mercury and how it had an impact on the band and then how that band had an impact on, on the world, so to speak. So I, I, I'm really, I'm really excited for this film, man. That, that, that trailer had me sold as well. Mm, mm, yeah, definitely. It was a really good trailer listeners. So I would recommend you go and, and look it up. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of Freddie Mercury's life and stuff like that, I think if they don't touch on his sexuality, it would be, it would just bankrupt the film for me because that was mm. part of his, identity it was part of who he was um mm. you know, and he was never shy about it so i think for them to avoid it would be would be poor form really so um yeah hopefully they they do him justice with that all right let's move on man so we've got another trailer um that we looked at as well this one was called black Klansman. um now this is for a movie by spike lee i think it's his first movie in maybe five years i think or, or six years i can't remember 
Um, anyway, the last movie I remember seeing uh, that, that Spike Lee made was that terrible Old Boy remake. Oh, um, shit. Yeah, it was awful. <laughs> really awful. So um, this trailer, you know, I saw the, the, the trailer and, and it looks pretty good. I mean, it it's, seems to be about um, a, a true-to-life case, a, a real investigation, apparently, um, back in the 70s where a, a black cop kind of went undercover in the Ku Klux Klan. But although he didn't really, what he did was he used a, a white officer to go undercover and he basically fed the white officer all of the lines and all of the things to, to do while he was undercover there. Um, but it turns out this white officer was Jewish, so, uh, so he kind of had his own conflict in having to go undercover into um, the Klan and, and, and to try and bring the Klan down um, within Colorado. Um, and the trailer, I like the trailer. It's got a nice kind of, it, it's got quite a comedic vibe to it. It doesn't look like it's taking itself too seriously as a movie. Um, apparently the lead actor is Denzel Washington's son. I had no idea. Um, but yeah, apparently it's John Washington, who, who is his son. I, I mean, the last time I saw John Washington, a picture of him, I think he was like 13 or something like that. So yeah, he's all grown up now. Um, but yeah, he's the lead actor. Um, and Adam Driver is is playing the undercover officer in it as well. And what I find hilarious is that Topher Grace is playing <laughs> is playing the, the Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. I think that's just <laughs> like that alone to me is 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 hilarious. Um, mm. But what did you guys think of the the trailer? Did you think it was kind of funny? Did it seem a bit off the the way that they were treating the subject material, considering it's it's quite a serious thing and and something that's based on real life as well? Um, or do you think that's a better approach to to take to take a humorous approach with it? Um, Richard, you can go first, man. Um, I, I like the trailer, for, uh, and I think that the whole humorous approach that they've taken to it. I think I'm not even sure if that's even going to be. The whole tone of the film mm. i think it just might yeah, be something that they, they might yeah, yeah they might have just cut that just cut for the trailer um yeah I, i'm yeah i'm excited to see this like you know it's 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 history mm. you know so that you know like we said i mean you know hopefully they tell the whole story um and you know and don't cherry pick shit which is you know which which can help fit the narrative but then in saying that is a film about the fucking king cuts can um <laughs> you know what can you cherry pick to be nice you know, <laughs> you know? Mm. um yeah i I'm, i really hope that spike lee is able to find his you know his uh his mojo again with this um i mean like you said i mean the last thing he did that you, that you said you remember doing was was old boy i'm literally just on google now to see if that was the last thing that he did and um it actually wasn't but then in saying that if that if the last thing that we remember him doing was old boy and he's done stuff since then and we don't remember it then he, maybe he's not doing as well as he should be in you know in what he in what in you know in what he in how he used to be yeah. you know when he was doing the right thing and more better blues and and then when when spike lee had a voice and his voice was able to be heard and like you know and and it did well um yeah I, I'm, I'm excited to see this the the cast is very 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 eclectic mm. um like you said tougher grace I, I feel sorry for him because he still seems to be that guy from that 70s show. But I like the fact that he's going for roles, which generally seem to be bucking that stereotype and also making him act. I like that. So I'm, I'm excited to see him in this role. Um, Adam Driver, I'm still not sold on the character of Adam Driver. Um, I mean, the character, sorry, the actor of Adam Driver. I just think that he's, he's just, I, I just always see him, I just always see him as that girl from that guy from Girls or Kylo Ren. And Kylo Ren, I'm not a fan of, and girls I never really watched. So he's just that funny looking big guy, innit? 
Like, hey, listen, you're you're gonna break a lot of emo girls' hearts, you know. But... Hey, listen. Well, you know what? That's what they want. They they they, they 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 like a broken heart anyway. So you know, I'm doing them a favor. But um, and 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 the other guy who plays who plays the guy who's who's doing the voice of um the the, the black police officer. Who's he again? You, you mentioned his name, Jay. Oh, uh, John Washington. He's Denzel yeah. Washington's son. Yeah. And um, what else has he been in? He's been in a few things. I can't remember like exactly, but I think it's TV stuff he's mostly done. I, I, yeah. I can't remember any movies that he's been in. Um, yeah. But I know he was like he was in the uh, theater as well in America. He's a he's a big time stage actor. Um, yeah. well, I guess he's following his dad's footsteps in it, starting out on the stage. So mm-hmm. yeah, he's a big time theater actor, and he has done some TV stuff. But I can't remember off the top of my head what exactly it was. Yeah. But I think this yeah. might be his first kind of big movie role, really. It is. It is. He's, he's only done stuff on theatre and on TV. He was in Ballers with um with The Rock. That's it. Yeah, yeah. With, with, he was in Ballers. Which, which is, yeah, which is actually quite a decent show. Um, mm-hmm. but uh, but yeah, like I, I like the fact that he was he actually held he holds that trailer mm. for someone that this is his first role. He seems to be quite competent and seems to be quite confident in um in just being the main star, but not too overpowering as you know you know to everybody else. Um, so I'm, I'm really interested to see what he's going to bring to the table, especially now that you've, you know, you've just reminded me that he's that he's Washington's son. Mm. So um, hopefully, you know, when we watch this, or maybe when Denzel watches this, you know, come by the credits roll, you're going to see Denzel go like, "My man, okay, <laughs> my man, all right, all right, Drake, all right." <laughs> so yeah, yeah, cool. All right, um, Alf, I'll, I'll let you have your say on this as well. Um, yeah, what did you think? Yeah, like. To- I like the tone of it all, like, because normally when you're dealing with kind of that kind of subject matter, bless you, when you're dealing with thank that you. kind of, bless you again, oh, <laughs> thank you. you that, have you got another one in there, or are we good? No, 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 we're good, we're good, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> when you're dealing with that kind of uh, content, it's like, you know, stuff to do with racism is not, it's normally a downer, isn't it? Mm. And this story, I like, it does seem like they pumped a little bit of humour into it. Mm. And I think actually, I think that works. Mm. I think that works because we always see it one way. It, it like seeing a kind of dark kind of humor thing with this like serious subject matter. I, I think can actually work for that film, and it and it does make me want to see it. Um, I normally like if it was serious, for example, I'd probably yawn and go, okay, another one of these. Like there's a million of these, but the fact that it it tonally it seems quite different than what's come before. Um, I'm quite looking forward to seeing it, and I was I kind of got into the trailer because I, I wasn't expecting much. Um, but yeah, I think it could be pretty good, and I, and I like the way it looks, and uh, and I hopefully it has uh, has really good performances in there as well. Yep, I would echo all of that, man. Um, well, listeners, go and check out the trailer for Black Klansman. I said that's on YouTube as well. Um, now let's switch switch gears a little bit, guys, and head towards TV. Um, we got a Luke Cage season two full trailer as well. Um, I'm not going to say anything because I'm biased. You know I'm in. Listeners, you know I'm in. You know I do Luke Cage all day, every day. So I don't even need to say anything about it. But um, for you two guys to to say your piece as well, basically, and to to say what you think about the trailer and whether you think it's enticing in any way or if they're doing anything slightly different or whether you kind of feel like it's just more of the same. Um, Alv, you want to go? Uh, I think I think they've gone more... Well, hopefully I'm not wrong about this, but I think they've gone more action-heavy. Mm-hmm. Um there was a fair amount of downtime in uh, in the first season where not much was going on and, you know, Luke wasn't being a badass. But I also think they've kind of amped up his kind of... Because he's kind of like a gentle giant in that first series. I think they're going to kind of 
make him a bit more gritty in this one and make mm. him a bit more like non shit taking. Yeah, mm. a bit more attitude, a bit more edgy. Um, but but yeah, I, th- I think they kind of changed him up a little bit, which is which is good because you can't have him be a gentle bear the whole time. Um, so so yeah, I think it's good that they've. Well, um, I think it's good that they've, it's appeared that they've changed things up as to whether that actually is the case. We'll have to wait and see in June, June what? June the 22nd? Uh, yeah, 22nd of June. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, that, I, I definitely like the look of it. As soon as he got punched in the face, I was just kind of like, great, because you don't want someone who's invincible walking around being invincible because that's mm. fucking boring. You, mm. you always want there to be a threat of some sort. And the fact that there are these different, different threats that kind of can hurt Luke... Uh, although they don't come around every day, they do exist, which is uh, which is great, and that's, they're giving him a kryptonite in a way to make him vulnerable to something sometimes, which keeps him interesting. But yeah, so far I like the look of it. Yeah, cool, cool. Um, Rich, how about you, bro? Um, yeah, I I enjoyed it as well. I, I enjoyed the trailer. Um, th- this may this may be the show that makes me go and visit the shows that I haven't watched, so I still haven't watched. Um, Punisher season one, and I still haven't watched Jessica Jones season two, just because of like the bad taste that Iron Fist left in my mouth and the kind of like half-hearted taste that Defenders left in my mouth as well. Um, I I wouldn't say that I'm done with the Netflix Marvel universe, but I'm not as excited as I, as I used to be. But um, this definitely does seem to be a bit of a, a bit of a switch up. For Luke Cage, like you said, he seems to be a lot more action heavy, and and I like that as well. I like the fact that they put that in the trailer as well. So I think they're going to be saying like, you know, whatever you whatever you you thought you were going to get from the first season, that's that that's that's what it was. It was just just the first season. Second season, we're going to fucking add the ante, and I like that. I like that the fact that it almost feels like what they did with like the MCU, where each person was dealing with their own little thing. And then when they did finally did get together, it's like, well, you know what? There's actually a bigger, there's a bigger world out there. And then when they went again back to their own little private universe, it seems like everything had been fucking amped. So since that day of like, you know, the Battle of New York, shit just got weirder and weirder. And I feel like that's just, that's going to be the case. Well, hopefully that's the case of all the ones that have come out since, since the Defenders. I'm not sure what Jessica Jones season two is saying, but I, I'm liking the fact, like you said, Alvin, that there's other people out there not just one person, but like multitude of people who may not come around every day, but that at some point they can cause damage to Luke Cage, who at one point was the gentle giant. So this actually might be the, the progression of the the no shit angry Luke Cage. Not I wouldn't say angry walking around all the time, but like the Luke Cage who literally just takes no shit. And sometimes he may not want to ask questions. He may just want to put his hands on you straight away. Um there's also been a couple of pictures of of the of him released with uh with him and Iron Fist. So maybe it might be a lot more heaven ac- um, action heavy. Um, I'm excited about that. I'm not excited about Finn Jones. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah, you know, heroes for hire, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and action stuff. So I'm excited for that. And maybe this might be them like giving us a little more hints as to the, the, you know, to what may come in the future. But but we'll see. But um, I'm looking a, more, a lot more forward to this than I was for you know to the Punisher and to Jessica Jones season two. So hopefully it, it you know it kickstarts it kickstarts that what's it called that that fire i had for it and then i'll go back and watch those and then we can be lovers again cool cool sorry i wasn't laughing at you by the way i was just laughing at finn jones <laughs> I know, yeah, no 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 that's cool <laughs> every time his name gets mentioned i just have to bust up <laughs> <laughs> 
Right. Uh, our second TV-based trailer that we checked out this week um, was for a show that uh, some of you listening to this may not know a lot about because it was um, a rebooted show, which is going to be kind of a theme for something that we're looking at a bit later on in the pod. But um, yeah, this is for Magnum PI. Um, now, I remember the show, but I don't know a hell of a lot about the details and the characters and, and things like that. Um, Magnum PI was something that my parents didn't let me watch. So yeah, <laughs> I didn't get to see a lot of it. But um, we do have, as said, this this rebooted show coming to us very soon. Um, and they've cast Jay Hernandez in, in the lead role that was um, played by Tom Selleck. Now, we do have, luckily for you, some experts here in Magnum PI. Well, I don't know if they're experts, but they're fans um, in Rich and Alvin. So they can probably give you a bit more detail about who is what. But I'm quite excited about Jay Hernandez being cast in this. I mean, uh, Rich and I were talking about this outside the show. And, um, you know, it's quite rare that you you see um, Latinos in, in lead roles in, in these kind of things. And um, Jay Hernandez is just an actor that I liked. I've, I've liked him since um, Hostel, I guess, you know, since Hostel 1. Um, you know, I've always liked him and, and I've always felt like he's a kind of, he's a type of actor that doesn't let you down, you know, regardless of whether his role is big or small, he's never, he's never anything less than, than solid and dependable. Um, and, you know, I think that may be perhaps all he really needs in order to, to make Magnum PI a success. But as I said, I don't know a lot about the show, so I'm going to let the, the, the two experts say their piece. Um, so first of all, Alvin, um, how many kind of, uh, comparisons you see between this sort of reboot and the the older show um and to you rich i mean who do you think he can fill in tom Selleck's shoes um basically and and carry on um the iconic nature of, of that character but alvin first if you can yeah just give a bit of background yeah so um essentially they've lifted all the things that you'd remember from the old show and just put different actors in it and then not only that this also takes place in the same universe as NCIS and uh, Hawaii Five O as well. Oh shit! So, okay, I didn't know that. So, uh, it's, it's already. I don't know if you noticed in the trailer. There is a part where um, he's talking to the police, and the police do say, uh, "This is a job for the FBI or Five O." So Hawaii mm. Five O, um, and Hawaii Five O had a crossover with NCIS um, a few years back. So, so yeah, it's all taking place in the same universe. Um, so yeah, they've just, take, they've just taken all the things from Magnum PI, like the cars, the helicopter, and all that shit, the theme music, and they've just taken the things you recognise, and then just just given it a new lick of skin, and um, and made it a bit seem a bit like Fast and the Furious. I think there's a producer from Fast and the Furious who's involved with it. Yeah. So when you yeah, get that bit yeah. at the end, like where he climbs onto the onto that van or whatever when it's going over the cliff and then jumps and grabs the helicopter that's the fast and the furiousness so i mean they're updating it you know i'm not mad about it but i mean tom Selleck. if you watch the whole opening of the original show like tom Selleck is like he's at least got to be six two and he's actually fucking pretty well defined for like back in the day and that and he's just like athletic looking you know what i mean this guy doesn't look like that you know what i mean no disrespect to him i'm sure he's got a better body than me but you know he doesn't look like selic he doesn't have selic had sex appeal yeah i'm gonna say it. yeah he had sex appeal it's a different kind of sex appeal but i don't think this guy's got that okay well rich i mean that segues nicely over to you i mean how do you feel about jay hernandez kind of portraying this this role and in, in comparison to sort of tom selic um, yeah, I, I think Alvin's pretty much banging the nail on the head. Like, 
we, we, I can imagine watching the sorry reading the original treatment for Magnum, and it's pretty much what you see in the show and this reboot. It's pretty much what, you know what what you get. You know what you do, what you get. But Selleck's portrayal and that whole laid back attitude and interaction with the people around him is what made the show. Um, Hernandez is good. Like you know, like like we were saying the other day, Hernandez as an actor. He may not be like the best of the best, maybe because he hasn't had that break yet. But he's definitely someone that doesn't fail me. If you know I mean, I think he was really one of the only things or the, the things that I liked in um, in Suicide Squad. Mm. Um, I mean, I mean, he was decent in Suicide Squad. Um, I, I'm, I, I like the fact that they're, they're trying to build up their own little cop universe. In you know, with, you know, with like, because I didn't even know that it was it was a crossover or that I, I knew that Hawaii Five O and SIS were were, this, were part of the same universe. I didn't know that this was going to be part of the same thing as well. But um, but here's a fun fact for you: I know that um, Magnum PI was set in the same universe as that she wrote, and it's actually a two part crossover. Oh, with, um, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Really? Yeah. Yeah. Listen. Mate, I was a fan. I used to be. Listen, here's a here's a funny thing, right? And like, and you guys know that I'm friends of the. What are they famous people? But like, just I'm friends with certain people, and I just happen to be in the limelight. So, I'm so solid. Whenever his mom used to pick us up from primary school, like he's like he never used to come out the car. Like, what's it called? He never used to come out the car. Like, um, you know, like open a door. He used to climb out the car, like the Dukes of Hazards. But the car was Kit from Knight Rider, but he himself was Thomas Magnum from Magnum PI. Like so that, that's that's three fucking feel, that's three fucking shows mixed into one. But um but Magnum was just as a, his portrayal as like Tom Selleck's portrayal of Magnum was just it was cool without being cool. And so far, as much as I like Jay Hernandez, I haven't seen that portrayal as of yet. And there's something about his voice, it almost sounds like Jay Hernandez is trying to sound a bit like Tom Selleck in it as well. Um, let's let's see how it goes. I mean, Rob Cohen, who's the who's the producer of this, like you said, he's part of the Fast and Furious franchise from from the beginning, mm. and he actually tried to do like um start like a whole little um bike verse as opposed to the car verse with a film called Talk, which starred Martin Henderson, and um and uh, who's the who's the the um the Chinese actor who's um um. Ah, oh, is he? What's it called? He's in Altered Carbon. Um, the, oh, origi- the original yeah. in, in Altered Carbon. William Lee. What's that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So, yeah. So it's um, Jay Hernandez, Martin Henderson, and William Lee, and they were in, they were in a film called Talk, and it's about bikes, and that was them trying to kickstart like a, a bike version mm. of the Fast and Furious. And um, so obviously Rob Cohen sees something in Jay Hernandez, which is like, well, listen, we've worked together before, and I know you're capable of doing this and doing X, Y, Z. So let's make you this person and we're not just going to make you just anybody we're making you fucking magnum pi so there might there must be something that they, that they can see you know which he is going to be able to do so hopefully that's true because at the end time we've seen things like this before where they've gone hey finn yeah you finn jones we like to work in game of thrones would you like to be the best martial arts in the whole, the whole entire world yes i would i would like to be the best fucking martial artist i mean i'm the fucking iron fist like Anyway, let's not go on that road. But um, yeah, it's something that I'm definitely gonna definitely gonna give it a go because NCIS, you know, although they may not be the best shows in the world, they're, they're very very watchable. And Hawaii Five O, when it's um, it's not a show that I go to on a regular basis, but if it's there, 
I'll watch it and I'll be entertained with what you know with what it gives me. So hopefully I can follow suit as well. Cool. All right. Well, hopefully that gave you an idea of what uh, Magnum PI is about, listeners. Um, but yeah, as I said with as with all of these trailers, go hop on YouTube if you haven't seen it and check it out and let us know what you think. All right, um, we're coming towards the end of our trailer run. So, um, yeah, don't worry, listeners, we'll be moving on to other stuff. But so we'll run through these last three quickly because there isn't really that much to say about them anyway. Um, although this first one that I want to talk about, oh, man, like it, <laughs> it's breaking my heart. Um, so for those of you that don't know, um, there is a new Netflix movie that will be out. I believe it's in next month, actually, towards the end of next month, um, called Manhunt which is um, an action thriller uh, set in Hong Kong. And it's directed by the, the legend and the maestro. And, and I guess one of my only heroes in life, really, John Woo. Um, now, the trailer for this came out a little while ago. This was, um, I think, sort of mid-May that the trailer dropped. And I watched the trailer. I raced to the internet to, go, to get home and watch it because I wanted to see what my hero was, was, was going to do because he was back in his wheelhouse. He was back doing, you know, heroic bloodshed and gung fu movies. And, uh, you know, that's, that, that's me. Like, I love that era. And I watched the trailer and I was like, oh, my God. Is this man going to embarrass himself in 2018? <laughs> like... It, it's all the John Woo stuff that you would expect for those of you who know John Woo, but it's just the problem is where, as I said, we're in 2018 and it just doesn't feel like anything that he does is going to fit or even going to bat an eyelid in this day and age. Um, guys, I, I'm like Luke Cage, I'm kind of biased on this, so it's, it's kind of pointless asking me what I think, but um you boys i mean what, what did you think um i'll start with you alvin because i know you're you're not necessarily a, a swear in allegiance to the church of woo so um you know what did you think of the trailer it, it looked very cheap but it, it kind of looked saturday night popcorn cheap hmm. so like the things that like i could see little bits of action and all that and like when the car well the, the van flipped over I was like, that van's going about five miles per hour. They couldn't afford to close down a big section of road, obviously, to get it up to speed. It's just going really slow. And um, and yeah, even the I think there's an explosion that comes off it. And it's one of those cheap explosions where it's not even a fireball explosion. It's the dust explosion. So it just looks like, like shit a little bit. But yeah, I was just watching it just going, I feel like I've traveled to like 97, 98 maybe. And it's like a, a low budget movie that's like there's probably given a lot of advertisement to that's coming out. That's that's what it feels like. But I guess he's just kind of like I don't, I don't know, going back to his roots, kind of like his hard target roots and all that kind of business. So hopefully it turns out good. But I don't know because a lot of these kind of movies it seem to have kind of like a revenge thing going on and whatnot and this that the other. It it, it seems very kind of like seen it all before, but. You know, I hope I hope it is actually entertaining, even though it's cheap, because cheap films can be entertaining. So, um, so yeah, but it's good to have him doing something, because obviously he's not he's not around Hollywood anymore. That that boat pretty much sailed. You know, they gave him a few chances and that, but the projects they gave him didn't really suit him. Apart from Face Off, that suited him and like Hard Target and shit like that. Um, but but yeah, I, I don't know. I kind of feel bad for him. I kind of feel like he should be way more relevant now he's inspired so many people as well because mm -hmm. definitely people have like ripped his style and like mm -hmm. people some people try to rip his style and have or at least been influenced by him you know what i mean he's um i say he's definitely important when it comes to 
kind of how Western action movies have evolved, um, especially with gunplay as well. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, I'll, I'll check it out just to be nice. You know what I mean? <laughs> Rich, um, boy, well, you know me, and as long as you've known me, you know I love John Woo, and you know I love um, the heroic bloodshed movies. Um, but how about you, man? I mean, what did what did you think of this when when you saw the trailer? Did you were you like, yes, the woo is back, or did you think, oh, holy shit, this is going to be awful? Like, <laughs> what was your reaction? You know what? Uh, I, I actually enjoyed it. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> yeah, like, no, it is. Like, I, I don't mind. Like, it's like, we can watch some really, really good job where people have ripped his. Quite a few people have done better than him. So you're watching certain like you, the boy where tequila is having that. I mean, which is, is probably is ever put on screen. It's easily in my top ten. But the bit where he has the whole bit in like in the warehouse with the, with the fights and everything, and he's got the toothpick in his mouth and he slides down the down the banister and he takes out this a, whole, a room full of people and he's still got a toothpick in his mouth and he's calm, no sweat, hair mm. still the same. <laughs> Shit looks cool as fuck. And it's like you know what. Not in a bad way. You can't look at what he's just put on screen now and then question because that's what he's known for doing, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's like, so if he's going to do it, he's going to do it. It's whether he's still going to do it to the same way he used to do it back in the day. And I think the, the people that have made this problem in the past are people like fucking um, John Carpenter is a prime example of this, where he does, he has made good films back in the day and when he makes these films now he's still stuck in the 80s and there's nothing wrong with being stuck in the 80s as long as you realize that what you're doing hasn't progressed and you know what and you know what you are like what's his name be like fucking david hasselhoff for william shatner you know they who are you like i'm i'm, I'm david hasselhoff i'm, I'm fucking my mitch buchanan like i know who i am and i know what i'm bringing to the table if john moose trying to bring something different to the table but using what he did back in the day, then his film's going to be shit. As long as he knows that he's, you know, he's just going to be doing what, we, you know, doing what he used to do back in the day and realize that he may not be the best at it, but this is what he does, then cool. I don't reckon it's going to be as bad as we see, as we think it is. If we're looking for some John Wick kind of style, then we're, we're surely going to be disappointed. But I liked it. I haven't seen people slide over a table in slow motion, killing 20 people with two guns. <laughs> Even though the even though the even though the clips have run out of bullets, I haven't seen that shit happen in a long time. I like that. <laughs> I like that, you know. I like that shit. So you know, I like that thing of like I, I like the fact that cops can still get mistaken. You know, you know, like hey man, I didn't commit the crime. It's like I know you believe me. I like that that would still happen because in real life would be like you're that fucking, you know, that you're that criminal. You know, and hey, just listen to me. No, bang. That that's real life. I don't like that. <laughs> I, I like the stuff that. I like, I like, I like, you know, fucking action films that play like fucking dramas, like EastEnders and shit like that. I like, I miss it. So I'm happy for, to see John Woo come back and do what he does best. Um, and hopefully just realize that he may not be the best at it, but he's still regarded as one of the people who started it. So I, I'm going to leave it at that. Cool. Fair enough. That's a good place to leave it. I think. Yeah. But um, no, I mean, you guys are absolutely right. I mean, a lot of, I mean, you know, if you like John Wick, um, if you're a fan of the John Wick franchise, well, 
you know, the two directors who worked on that uh, are John Wu fans through and through, um, as are many, 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 many other people that you like who, you know, whose who's action movies you like and, and um, even those who, who don't necessarily work on action movies but, but have worked in other fields are, are big John Wu fans. Quinton Tarantino is another one. Um, who openly says he, you know, he took a lot of his early kind of stylings from his movies from John Woo. So, um, you know, a lot of the stuff that you're used to seeing now all kind of leads back to to him, really. He is the godfather. So, yeah, pay him some respect, man. Put some respect on his name. Now, <laughs> we haven't really got much time to talk about these last two. So what I'm going to do is give one each to, to each of you, um, partly because they're two films I'm kind of like, meh, about and on the fence. I don't really have that to say myself. So um, one of you can talk about Robin Hood and one of you can talk about Mile 22. Um, do you have a choice or a preference, either of you? I actually don't mind, did I? Yeah. Marvin. Yeah. All right. Well, Richie, you can go with um, Robin Hood, 2018 Robin Hood. Uh, 2018 Robin Hood. I'm going to use that special word again that I like to use. Why? Like, no, <laughs> nobody's. No, but it's true. It's true. One, once again, why? And and like, and people think I'm. I don't know, hopefully, you, you listeners don't think I'm being too negative because I'm not saying that I'm not interested in it. I just, I want to know the reason all of a sudden we're getting a, a Robin Hood film. Like, why are we getting a Robin Hood film? Why did we get a King Arthur film? Like, why, why, why? Um, Taron Egerton, he is pretty much decent in, um, in, in The Kingsman. Um, I haven't, to be honest, I haven't seen any of the other films that he starred in. I didn't see the one where he played Eddie the Eagle, although that was meant to be a really good film, so I'm actually going to peep that and, and see. But um, this one looks a, a lot more competent than the King Arthur film that came out was it a year ago, two years ago, done by Guy Ritchie. And it, but it still seems to be doing that whole, let's take this, this legend and update it so people can identify with it a lot more. And is that, is that going to ring true for this one? I mean, is, is that going to work for this one? It hasn't really worked any of the others. When you look at things like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, or you, know, or you look at a film like Gladiator when it's set in a particular time period, the reason why it has worked is because is is stayed true to the sort well stay true to the roots of that of the way how those legends were told back in the day although i do have to say that you know jo um, jamie fox in this does seem to be doing this thing and town ergerton is someone who actually does know how to you know hold hold the screen and has quite a lot of charisma uh so, so, so let's let's see how it goes um I, i'm interested to see how it how it's going to be portrayed and for the first time in a long time uh, i mean apart from the tv show arrow bows and arrows portrayed in screen have been pretty fucking boring um don't get me wrong cat everdeen is you know she she's she she knows how to use a bow and arrow pretty decently in you know in what's it called in the, the hunger games um films but i want to see some flips and shit and you know and you know some really cool green arrow shit which seems to be happening in this one so i'm gonna say yes for this don't get me wrong i'm gonna take the little piece of paper that says why on it and i'm gonna fold it up i'm gonna put it in my pocket and if this film fucking bombs, once again, I'm going to take it out. I'm going to show you guys. But up until then, let's just say I'm, I'm down for it. Cool. All right. Well, Alf, that leaves you um, mile 22. Yeah. So um, <laughs> it's got something a bit Sicario about it, although I know it's not going to be the same quality. Uh, I quite like the concept. It's got dude from the raid in it, and he's speaking English and that. So who knows he may be but he's, it's been a long time since anyone from asia has been able to make that leap uh into kind of hollywood films maybe 
who knows in some years to come he can make that leap uh, that others have kind of semi-successfully done it, it all depends uh, but I think this is a good way to kind of get him into kind of like the mainstream because although like the raid movies are super popular with like you know film fans like ourselves um, a lot of mainstream public haven't heard of it so it's good exposure for him um, yeah I mean I'm not the biggest Mark Wahlberg fan and there is a part in the trailer where he says something like, oh, let's play. Like, and I'm just like, <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. no. Because yeah, I was enjoying yeah. the trailer up until that point. He go, oh, is that mm-hmm. the game? Then let's play. And I'm just like, oh, come on, Mark. Why do you have to say it in that weird voice that he do sometimes? But other than that, I, I quite like the concept. It's simple, straight to the point. It's guys and girls with guns protecting a guy. They've got to get from one end of this place in, in from the embassy, US embassy, to some next place, to an airfield to get the guy out. And shit's going to hit the fan. And I think that's quite an interesting. It'll be the majority of the film will be that. And I think that's quite interesting. And I, I quite like the look of it. Um, yeah, I just hope they cut that line out with Mark Wahlberg because that was the worst bit. But other than that, we didn't we didn't see shit about Ronda Rousey in it. But uh, Maggie yeah, from yeah. Um, The Walking Dead, we saw her have a few lines in that. Um, but yeah, Ronda Rousey, we didn't hear her say goddamn where are even though she has any lines. Uh, hopefully any line she does deliver are delivered well. Um, but but yeah, it actually looked pretty decent. I was quite surprised. I was like, oh, another Mark Wahlberg film. And then I saw the trailer. I was like, oh, actually, it looks pretty good. Cool. All right. <laughs> well, um, yeah, listeners, go and uh, check out those trailers as well. Robin Hood is uh, up on YouTube as is Mile 22. Um, so you can hear Mark Wahlberg trying to hide his Boston accent. I don't know why he does, but there you go. All right, let's move on, boys. Um, we're going to talk a little bit now about some TV news that has uh, dropped just in the last couple of days, really. Um, the first piece is that we are getting a new Thundercats TV show. Um what are Thundercats? Well, Thundercats is only one of the greatest animated TV shows of all time, in my opinion. Um, it came out in the very sort of late 80s, I guess, um, in the US and sort of early 90s um, in the UK. Um, and basically, it's a group of, of alien man-cat people um, who crash land onto a, a strange planet um, and decide to make the, the planet their home um, and encounter a, a dangerous villain and lots of strange creatures who live on the planet as well and and things like that and um it's a really really fun show really really action driven um and really really good artwork for the time as well i mean looking at it today it may seem a little bit dated but um particularly for you know for the time period that it came out the artwork was highly impressive especially when they switched to that korean studio halfway through which is one of the weird quirks that you get in in tv from that generation is one animation house just stopped working on 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 a project and another animation house taking over but um yeah we're getting a reboot so this reboot is not going down well with some of the older fans um as some of you listeners may know, know because it's completely kind of taken a different approach to the the characters and the story it's actually decided that it's going to take a more comedic take on the characters um the artwork as well is a lot more basic um a lot more stripped down and i guess is in keeping with the kind of tone that they want to take with the the tv show which is more of a parody really of the original show rather than kind of expanding on, on the mythos itself um as said this isn't going down well with, with fans of the original i mean i personally won't be checking it out because thundercats to me is thundercats from the 80s and that's that but there is a different generation out there that likes a different type of entertainment to me. So 
guys um how did you feel about this thundercat reboot do you think there's any way that um there's any kind of merit behind doing what they're doing here um and how do you think it's going to perform once it comes out um alvin i know you've got a video on this so i'll come to you last but um rich kid you yeah. you haven't really had your chance to have your say yet so you go ahead and speak first and then alf can jump in hey listen don't the cats came out in 1985 bro wow 1985 jesus okay 1985 because when you said the when you said the, when you said the date i was like i remember my sister being tiny and i remember living in a particular place that wasn't bad and i was like Mass, let me just do a bit of research 985 we're old, you know. Shit. <laughs> you know, I'm a, apparently, apparently, listen, you know, in saying that, while we were just having this thing, I was actually just sent a message by somebody saying that I, I use the word fucking and shit too much. So I'm not going to say it for the rest of the show. Um, so uh, how do I feel about it? Wow. Without using the S word or the F word. God damn. <laughs> use your word, um, bro. Use your word. <laughs> uh, you, you know what it is? It's like, it's honestly got truth, like because we haven't we had a talk about this before before we went we went live and so posted this on facebook and um and i just saw a picture of of like lino for this for this new show and i thought it was just somebody's like funny drawing take on lino and then i saw there was like you know the little you know the little play button and I clicked on it and this guy came on and was talking about how much he's a, he's, he's a fan of this show and how he feels that the comedic part of it are the strongest and this is the reason why he decided to make this show and there was nothing in what he said that sold me on this new take on the show it all it, it almost felt like he was just like he, he was rich he was generally to me he was clasping at straws and trying to justify the reason why he decided to take you know do a take of the kids and portray it like this and um and I, I just, I just generally think it's just a bit, he's just taking liberties or a friend which is loved, but you know by, but no, by by a generation of people for you know who are like I said earlier on or not not less than five minutes ago who are old. Um, is this something that's gonna resonate with the younger crowds? Maybe, maybe that's what maybe that's what they're aiming for. But am I, you know, but do I agree with that? You know, then maybe that's just me just being the old fogey again and like maybe being a fanboy and be like, well, you can't touch this. You know, and mess around with it. If it's gonna appeal to a new, a whole new, new, new bunch of people, then then who am I to argue with, with that? But um, am I looking forward to it? No. Am I gonna give it a chance? I, I want to see what he's gonna try with it. I, I'll say that much. You know, like you, you can never say no. Um, but I'm not gonna hold my hopes up high for it just because, like, it's. Is this isn't the Thundercats that I knew and I grew up with? Um, I'm not even a big fan. I'm a fan of Thundercats, but I'm not a fan of Thundercats like you are, Jay. I know Jay. That's one of your favorite cartoon shows. So this must be hitting you, like how Finn Jones playing Iron Fist hits me. So what you know? So like, so my condolences to you, and the show hasn't even come out yet. So so that, that that's that's my take on it. You know? Yeah, man, hit me like a bloody anvil to the head. Um, Alf, uh, as I said, I. You know, listeners, he, he does have his own take on this, and I, I would urge you to go and check that out when it's live. Um, so, yeah, I know you've got a lot that you say on there, but if you want to just kind of briefly add your 10 pence worth to this debacle, then go ahead. Yeah, um, I wasn't angry. I was just disappointed, like, because the original I, I used to watch when I was really young, they're still repeating it. I believe they were repeating it on CBBC up until, like, 1992. Mm, so yeah, you know, yeah. still around when I was a kid, and it's like one of my earliest memories is when I was in nursery, and like this guy I was friends with, 
he had the thunder tank and he brought it into nursery with a few of the action figures and like actually caused a bit of commotion and that <laughs> and that just is and that's when i realized that like there's rich pool he was definitely rich you know what i mean because he had that freaking toy. and um and it's just it's just a lot of my early kind of memories of like watching CBBC are uh, is like watching Thundercats and being hype when that when that fucking intro started because it's, it's still a dope intro when you watch it even now. One of my favorite mm. bits is where you see Ch- Chitara running, and mm. then she does that forward flip, lands, spins the staff in the air, and then strikes a pose. Mm. That is literally one of the best smoothest bits of animation I've ever seen. But this reboot, man, like as soon as I saw it, and they're like, I just read the headline. And I just went, why? Why are they trying to turn everything into this cutesy, like, Steven Universe Adventure Time, Amazing World of Gumball, like, kind of thing? At least they're original, and at least they've got their own thing that they do. Whereas this, they're just trying to take something that already exists, that already has its essence, and they're trying to change it to something else. And that's that's what I really don't kind of like about it. You could have created something original, or you could have taken something that already was a comedy and turned it into um, that kind of style and all that. I just feel like... <sighs> What you do, what they've done, seems like what a jealous girlfriend would do. You know, I mean, to ruin your life or whatever. <laughs> that, that's what it's, it seems like. They saw this thing that was very masculine and they went, Oh, it's so masculine. Oh, masculinity is so toxic. Oh, let's change it and make it all cute. And this, that, and the other is like, Wow, why do you have to do that? Why? Why do you have to do it? But um, I think, in terms of how popular it will be, I think, I think really young kids will like it, perhaps. But I don't think it's going to make anyone want to check out the original or the 2011 reboot, which I actually really liked. And, you know, having this new one come after the 2011 reboot, I'm like, you guys have, like, really dropped the ball. And an interesting fact I just found out about the 2011 one, actually, is that it didn't didn't actually get cancelled. What happened is it got renewed for a second season. And then, I don't know if you remember Lego, they had a Lego Chima, Legend of Chima, which is like the cats. So um, they 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 made a better offer, I think, to the network to the network. So they dropped Thundercats, uh, and also Thundercats the 2011 reboot was supposed to be on uh, Adult Swim's Toonami block, um, which I think it would have done really well on. But for some reason, the executives uh, went, "Oh, just just put it on normal Cartoon Network instead," and they put it in a shitty time slot apparently as well. So it didn't get cancelled because nobody watched it because that's not true. It got cancelled for other reasons to do with money and toys. As it always comes down to those things, man. It always comes down to those things. Well, listeners, let us know what you think. I mean, if you're a Thundercats fan, um, yeah, get in touch, man, and let us know uh, how you feel about this and and whether you'll be watching the new show or not. I mean, maybe you're somebody who's quite open-minded and is open to seeing the new show. Um, I personally uh, am not, but I suppose I'll end up probably watching the pilot just out of curiosity um but yeah i mean i don't have high hopes for it but we do have another remake from our childhood that is coming our way soon it'll be coming our way next year and that is uh she-ra she-ra is getting a reboot via netflix um and they said it will be coming to the netflix platform next year um from having a look at the announcement i mean it looks like the the polar opposite of of thundercats roar in a sense that it seems like the creators behind this series are actually taking it very seriously in terms of what they they want to do with the property and 
and how they want to go. Um, the voice casting, it looks really, really solid as well, which is impressive. Um, and I generally just have a good feeling about this. I mean, we were talking off air, guys, about, um, you know, Netflix's success with the, the reboot of Voltron and how, um, you know, it's been so good because they've respected the original, but they've done their own thing. And everything that I've read about this She-Ra reboot sounds exactly the same. Like, they're going to respect the original 80s show, but they're going to try and do something different as well. Um and yeah, I just generally have a good feeling about this. Um, I used to love She-Ra because I would, as you guys know, I was a big He-Man fan growing up um, as a kid. And He-Man and She-Ra kind of came out at the same time. And then when I found out they were related, I was like, oh, my God, they're related. They're cousins, of course. That's why they got the same powers. You know, so like my flipping seven-year-old brain was just blown by that. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if this does well that Netflix might think about doing maybe a He-Man reboot afterwards as well. But oh I'm looking forward to, to to see this. Really, I I, I really am. Um, as said, the cast on this is is phenomenal. Like the the people they've managed to get together for it. So yeah, I'm really interested. Um, guys, did either of you ever watch She-Ra? Or was I the only one who used to put on a tiara and pretend I was a princess of power? I oh, know. I I, I used to watch <laughs> She-Ra. Mm-hmm. I watched She-Ra. I never dressed up like a princess. Oh, but, um, it's very free. Uh, no, I, I, no, I do it now. I do it now. I didn't do it back then. I do it now. <laughs> like, um, uh, yeah, like, well, the thing is, the, the, the thing, like, like you said, once again, it, it boils down to like the, the take on these type of shows. Like, and like you just mentioned, the thing about Voltron. Voltron now, don't get me wrong, compared to Voltron back then. It's a natural progression, and in and in some ways, it's a better show because, like I said, they've kept the essence, but they've made things a lot more, a lot more relatable, and a lot more, a lot more true to life as as much as you can get true to life, you know, with, to do with a story of five kids who own lions that can transform into a robot. You know what I mean? That there's consequences and things like that. Um, and I hope that, and the thing is, when you look back at some of the shows that we used to watch as kids, the things that made it appealing was the fact that, you know, it was just so, you know, paper thin plots and paper and, you know, two dimensional, two dimensional villains. Um, so I like the fact that, that doing that now might not fly with a bunch of us. One, and, and to be honest, it's one of the reasons why I'm not sure about you guys, why we don't go back and watch those shows as often as we might as you might think that we do because when we do watch them for example you might watch put on an old episode of like transformers like i remember the last time i watched transformers cartoon i saw the animation and i was like that what that what there was there was there was no there was no mechanics as to how the robot transforming into the car it was just shapes just moving in like and that upset me so there's (laughs) what you remember there's what you what you're watching and how you remember it to be like so I like the fact that they've taken Shiva and it's going to be more of a serious spin on it, and you know, and you know, hopefully, like you know, they you know they stick to the essence of it, and they 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 do you know they, they fucking do well with it. Sorry, I dropped an f bomb there. Um, and like you said before, Jason, this is a stark contrast to what they're trying to do with Thundercats. So I'm really interested to see how both of them are going to approach their you know their end goal and how they're both going to be perceived as well. Um. You know, well, another thing uh, for for the She-Ra reboot. Well done to them for choosing to do a reboot of She-Ra and not He-Man. Mm, mm. Yeah, because mm. let's put it this way: I mean, back in back in the day, I think out of the two, as as popular as She-Ra was, 
it wasn't it was never as popular as he man so now we're getting a lot more equality so and i mean not saying that is a show that's that, that has a female protagonist so only females are going to watch it i'm excited to watch this anything anything to do with like geek culture magic fantasy flying horses swords all that stuff as long as it's written well I'm, I'm actually happy for that so i'm actually interested to see if they're actually gonna do to see if this does well if they're gonna do a spin-off of he-man not saying that they have to but good on them for choosing a franchise which if we if we're honest about it wasn't as popular as what it span off from so hopefully they do they do well with this and they you know and they and they fucking make a difference so yeah yeah no fair point man fair point and a good point yeah um so yeah definitely looking forward to that alf um were you did you ever watch she-ra the original series at all yeah uh, they were still showing that when i was a kid um so yeah vague super vague memories about it though um mm. but i did go out for lunch with a friend of mine like uh the other week and there was like a group of people uh who were all dressed up as like various different superheroes and there was one woman he was actually dressed up as She-Ra. And I just oh, thought to myself, no one will probably know who the fuck that is. Yeah, but yeah, I saw no, the costume and I just yeah. went, oh, She-Ra, isn't it? She's She-Ra, obviously. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think um, what Netflix have kind of done with their animated shows and that, uh, like what Rich was saying about Voltron, it, it does seem quite positive at the moment that they will, like like said, use the essence and come up with something new, uh, make it different, but familiar and that, that's a difficult task it's not easy but i hope that's what they go for and they don't cop out and try something like uh really simple and cheap and just uh cheesy and crap i hope they actually kind of give flesh her out more you know i mean and me and you know do cool shit with her uh and make it a show that kind of like everyone can get into man because you know I, I watched loads of episodes of xenia warrior princess so you know there's no reason as to why i wouldn't watch a Z she-ra freaking uh animated show as long as uh as long as they made it good and they make it a bit like a bit older like if you if you get it the same age as the voltron crowd then i, I think i'll quite enjoy it and if the animation shit hot as well i'll definitely enjoy it mm. yeah man cool cool um all right well we're gonna wrap this thing up because we've been going on for a little while but before we go quick question for you both um seeing as we're kind of in a realm where a lot of our cartoons are being rebooted and, and, and different things are being remade for a new generation. Um, just a quick question to you both. What cartoons would you like to see kind of rebooted and given, you know, the, the millennial treatment, I guess, uh, in terms of how it would fit in, in the modern day? Um, I was talking to Alvin off air and I said Inspector Gadget because I think um, because of the type of character that Inspector Gadget was, um, it could translate very easily to the modern day because we're, we live in an, in an era where, you know, children understand how to operate iPads before they understand how to tie their own shoelaces. So, you know, we live in a technological age. And plus the character of, of Inspector Gadget was always a bit stupid and it was more down to, you know, Penny and, and Brain, the dog, who were actually kind of solving the cases for him. And he was just kind of blundering around doing his odd bits here and there. Um, and I could see that kind of working with like this sort of generation, I guess, with this crowd, because the hero isn't really the hero. It's the other people who are the hero uh, around him. Um, but how about you, Lo? I mean, what, what do you think? Do you have any um, things that you think would, would work in, in this generation if you rebooted it for, for the 2018? Yeah, Banana Man. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> Banana. Banana Man. Dead. Banana Man. Oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would pro- that would actually work brilliantly as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to do you want to know something? Alvin, take that pitch to Jamie Oliver, and I guarantee you, you can get that done. <laughs> I'm not even joking, man. Because uh, yeah, like, <laughs> although, like speaking of your reboot, I never understood the reason why Banana Man and Apple Man had beef. Technically, you're, you're both trying to do the same thing, which is you know, you know, be one of your five a day for you know for your kids to be to be healthy. So I don't know. That, that, I think I think that was that that beef was created out of nowhere. That is. <laughs> That was manufactured beef, baby. Yeah, it's manufactured beef, yeah. <laughs> it, was tab- it was tabloid beef. Piers Morgan was up in there, man. <laughs> um, Rich, how about you? The, any cartoon that you can think of that you think might work well if you rebooted it in this day and age? Um, there, 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 well, there's two. There, there used to be a cartoon, I think it was on Tsunami, and it was called Mega XLR. I don't know if you guys ever watched that. And it was basically about this, a guy and his brother and his best friend who get given a big robot that basically then they have to participate in tournaments uh, across the galaxy just fighting and it was them just being about just enjoying life and just fighting around in a robot i don't know if you guys ever i don't know if you guys ever ever watched it um but but yeah the, I, but it was it was very much an adult cartoon as well and the animation that was really really done well as well um i'm gonna google it and see if that's the name of it but i'm sure it was called mega xlr um yeah, Oh, yeah, you're right. Like uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a blue robot. But the person who was in chart, who who actually did the voice, is actually I think is actually a famous comedian. Well, not a famous comedian, but if you see his face, you'll recognize him from from quite a few shows as well. And um, and he was that, and he actually portrayed the character, the main character, really, really well. And it was him that actually made the the show really, you know, quite interesting, um, and, and quite fun to watch. So there's that. Um, I would say Samurai Pizza Cats, but that's a bit too easy. And um and the way how it was so tongue in cheek back then, I'm not necessarily sure if that's something that we we'll need right now with a lot of reboots themselves not taking not, not taking themselves seriously as well. So I'm not sure if if Samurai Pizza Cats came out now if that would work in the same vein because it would be a show taking the piss out of itself while taking the piss out of its cartoons that are already out there, which are taking the piss out of themselves now. So I'm not sure if that would be able to to fly. Um, but just off the top of my head, you know what show I'd like to see? Braveheart. First cartoon Brave with Star. the main character. Braveheart. Yeah, that's oh, sorry, sorry, Brave Bra- Star. Yeah, yeah, Braveheart. Yeah, sorry, Brave Star. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Brave Star. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Freedom <laughs> with animation. <laughs> Jesus, they'll tear them apart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Brave Star. I'd like to see Brave Star. Uh, just for the simple fact that it was it was a cartoon that was the main character was native american we don't get we don't we, we don't get a lot of representation and like i said representation doesn't necessarily just you know it's just necessarily like you know lgbt crowds or like you know or or or, or, or black or black people you know it's there's so many people that aren't represented in you know whether it be in film television cartoons whatever um but i think that much like aborigines and you know and native americans and and you know let's say let's say to a certain degree maori people they don't get a lot of fucking representation in in, in a lot of stuff that we see now and i think braveheart for when it came out leaps and bounds for stuff that we that we that we probably take granted for um and it was a it was a toy line and a cartoon that actually did pretty well i think it got maybe like two seasons out of it 
which compared to back then, when you look at shows and how long they lasted, you know, you know, and even when you look at the person who was, you know, the main character, did pretty well for itself. So I'd like to see that rebooted um, and just see what they, see what they did with that. Especially, you know, and you know, I like to see that cartoon rebooted just for the simple fact that number one, it was a good cartoon. Uh, number two, just to give two freaking fingers to bloody Trump or to the Trump, to, to people that bloody vote for Trump and believe in Trump's ideal. Um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So that's it. Yeah, I should have him um, there patrolling the, the the flipping border and letting the immigrants in, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> coming this way, guys. <laughs> yeah cool all right thanks guys well that's about it for us we're gonna wrap the show up because we've been going for quite a while uh before we go i just want to say a big thank you to rob wade from emotionally 14 um as you should know by now we are e14 endorsed that means that we will be appearing on the emotionally 14 website as well as where you usually pick up your podcast from us so make sure you head over to emotionally14.com and, and check out some of the other shows on there as well as us um and also to let you know that um, our friends May Amado will be starting a Kickstarter campaign very very soon um, we're going to bring you lots of details about that because it's very exciting what they're developing over there um, So, and we'll let you know how you can get involved as well alright that's it I'm going to say goodnight man I'm out my throat's tired and I need to go toilet so peace I'm off <laughs> Rich say goodnight. goodnight and Alvin say peace 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 out wicked and we'll see you guys on the other side take care of yourselves we'll see you soon yeah if you like what you just heard why don't you follow us online you can find us on twitter at wulongtalks.com on facebook at wulongtalks and on instagram at wulongtalks we also have our blog which we update uh, kind of regularly and you can find us there at www.wulongtalks.com if you have any ideas for topics or would like us to feature your geek based products or business on our show you can always get in touch with us via email at wulongtalkspodcast at gmail.com.